या देवी सर्वभूतेशु मातृरूपेण संस्थिता नमस्तशय 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 नमो नमः I bow to the Divine Mother in all nature, in all of you. You know, living for God isn't all just roses and peaches. Living for God can be also very stern. Because the choice is absolute. It's either joy or not joy, which is sorrow. And it's not fun and games only. Yes, it's joy. But there has to be a certain sternness. This is what we lived and learned in the presence of our guru. You couldn't jolly him along when it came to principles. He was very steady, very, yes, stern sometimes. And I admired that. There was a, a beautiful saying. It's number 17 in this book, Conversations with Yogananda. <coughs> One of the younger monks pleaded with the master to give him the vows of brahmacharya, renunciation. Several others joined him later in the brief ceremony. The master was clearly not happy about it. You must take this vow very seriously, he said. Remember, God is here. He is listening to you. Some of you will fall when you break this vow because you took it here today all the forces will be upon you. The responsibility is yours, not mine. Don't take this event lightly. Please, heed what I say. The Master saw those vows, in other words, as more than a mere affirmation. Spoken before him and administered by him, they had the power either to uplift or destroy. Destroy not in an eternal sense, to be sure, but in the sense of attracting great suffering to the failed disciple. One thinks, however, of that young man, which I didn't read that story, but he had him repeat his vows more than once, knowing that he would break them. Was it in reaffirmation of vows he had already taken earlier? Or was the master trying to hold the disciple to a soul commitment hoping that it would be reawakened years later. Sister Gyanamata, the Master's most advanced woman disciple, once stated in a letter that a Master doesn't try to spare his disciples' suffering if it can be a means eventually of helping them toward their ultimate attainment of God. You know, that's a strange thing, because you think, well, the Guru has come to spare us suffering. Yes, he has, but sometimes, like a doctor, he has to submit you to pain in order to cure you of pain. And so the guru sometimes allows you to go through suffering. I have been through many, many tests in my life. It caused me much suffering. But I have to say that I was grateful for them. Every time I found in the end that they were for my blessing, I went through a great period of pain one time, and Ananda Mohima, the great woman Bengali saint, she said, take this as your guru's blessing. She sent this in a letter to me in America. And I thought, blessing, that's the one word I can't understand in this context. 
But you know, years later I realized it was the greatest blessing that could have come. If you don't let yourself just fall apart underneath your tests, if you say, all right, I accept it, and you don't understand it, then just go along with it. Accept what God gives you. Don't rail against him. Don't say God is unjust. How often have I heard that expression? Why does God do this to me? Why does God do that to them? There's a reason. You know, one very interesting thing is that of all the people who have found God, you don't find one of them saying, what a scam. They all say it was worth it. They've all had to go through sufferings. They've all had to go through pain, grief, torment. Yes, that's life. Where there is life, there will be pain and there will be happiness. But those who have accepted it find that if they endure, if they keep their faith, at the end, <coughs> this is the wonderful thing I've discovered, and I've had a few years of living on the path, 55, that's not many years in, a, in eternity, but in a person's life, it's a fair amount. I can say without any equivocation at all that every single test I've endured, and some of them were fierce, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what I learned. I'm grateful for the strength I gained. I'm grateful for the joy I felt at the end of them. And finally, I reached the point where even during the tests, I felt joy because I saw that I knew God was there. I knew he was having his fun with me. But you might say, what a bizarre sense of humor. Yeah, sometimes it seems that way. But in the end, you find that you're not laughing, not being laughed at. You're laughing with him. It was all great fun. You needed the tests in order to grow. You needed the hardships in order to become strong. Without them, you know, as my master used to say, that a boxer doesn't become strong by boxing babies. He becomes strong by boxing other strong men. You become strong by facing your tests. Don't fade under them weakly. Don't say, oh, it's all so horrible. God is so mean to me. God doesn't change. He's not going to say, oh, well, if you like it, then I'll, I'll just try to be. You'll find that he can be somewhat ruthless sometimes. Yes, he treats you a little bit like a baby because that's what you are. It's what we all are. But still, he, 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 when people tell me, oh, Master's so good to me, he got me a new apartment, I think that's a lot more. He's got a lot more to give you than new apartments. He can give you nice things, yes. You'll find that in many ways, he helps you in little. You know, years ago, it was a wonderful experience for me. My parents were living in France. I had gone to school in French Switzerland, so I always had this fond memory of Swiss chocolate. I was in Los Angeles living in the monastery in the ashram there. And uh, every time I wrote to them, I thought, well, it would be nice since they live so near Switzerland if they could send me some Swiss chocolates. And uh, it was such an unimportant desire that whenever I wrote, which I unfortunately confess was not as often as a filial son should, but anyway, I did write, I never remembered to ask for chocolates. So the amazing thing to me was that one week, no, more or less than a week, no, first one week before my birthday, I thought, oh, too bad, it would have been a nice birthday present, but I forgot, so it doesn't matter. One day, 
Before my birthday, I got a package in the mail. It wasn't from my parents. It was from some German lady in the congregation in, in Hollywood who had seen these chocolates. I didn't know they, they were for sale in America. But she saw these chocolates in a store window, and she wrote this letter saying, I thought of you. And so she gave me these chocolates, not knowing it was my, not knowing it was my birthday, not knowing I liked Swiss chocolates, she sent me these Swiss chocolates. I thought, Divine Mother, how sweet. You know, we expect you to save our lives, save us in dangerous circumstances if you want us to be uh, servants of your work and so on, all these big reasons, but for no reason at all, just because I had this little desire. Yes, it's very sweet on the path, but sometimes you find that God will satisfy little desires. He does take care of you. He's your friend. He's your mother. You can expect that. But don't think that it's always going to be just sweetness and light. There are tests. There are problems. And so we must also have a certain amount of consciousness inside us that is very stern, that we know we want God alone and nothing else. And anybody who tries to shake us in that, nothing. Just this. The saying goes on, strange are God's ways and strange the ways of a God-realized master. Never, however, will God turn his back on the devotee so long as he keeps on trying. As often as you fail, the master used to say, get up and try again. God will never let you down so long as you don't let him down and so long as you make the effort. What he saw in some of those monks, I think, when he was warning them, was that they would fall in their in, fail in their intention. He wanted to spare them the suffering that, we could be, that would be consequent upon that failure. What we must always do, don't worry if you fail. Don't say, oh, I fail, I must give up. How often have I seen people do that? But if you can just say, just get up, dust your hands off and try again, no matter how many times. There was the story of a great sadhu back in the 18th century, Sadhu Haridas. He used to perform many miracles. One time he was in a boat on a lake with a missionary, a Christian missionary. And uh, Haridas was saying to this missionary, he was trying as missionaries tend to do, to convert him. I don't believe in conversion, except to people's own higher self, but that's all. That's all I ever tried to do. Well, anyway, this missionary was trying to make a Christian of him, and Haridas said, well, what could your Jesus Christ do that I can't do? Well, they were there in a boat on the lake, so naturally the, the uh, missionary said, well, he could walk on water. Haridas said, is that all? He jumped out of the boat and walked, and wherever he walked, the boat followed him. He was a man of miracles. He had great power. But the Maharaja of that area said, I know you all think very highly of him, but there's something wrong here. In other words, he was performing miracles, but there was still a bit of ego there. Don't trust miracles by themselves. This man finally fell into delusion, ran away with a woman, lived with her for some time. Then finally he realized his mistake. After all, when you eat stale when you've been used to good cheese and you start eating stale cheese, you finally give up and realize that's not what I really wanted. So 
he was wise enough to understand it. He came back to his disciples. He said, I'm sorry, I'm back. And they took him back. Now, the amazing thing was that my guru told him he found liberation in this lifetime. One of the disciples who was present there, Mrs. Carol Neely, she said, but I thought that when you make a mistake, when you've been so highly advanced, that this punishment is much greater. I'll never forget my guru's answer. He said, no, God is no tyrant. If he sees that you don't like that stale cheese and you want the good cheese again, he won't deny you if you really want it. He answers according to your desire. Don't give up. Don't say, I've failed. I've seen so many people do that. They fall a little bit, and that's that. Get up, dust your hands off. You know, when William the Conqueror landed in England, his destiny, God-given, was to conquer England. But the first thing he did, it was a muddy day, and he slipped and fell in the sand, in the mud, and this gasp went over the whole army. Oh, my God, what a bad omen. <coughs> well, William was a man of great willpower, and he leapt to his feet with his hands full of earth. He said, I'm so determined to conquer this country, I've filled my hands with it. And this great cheer went up all over the army, and he went on to the Battle of Hastings and won it that day. But he wouldn't have won it if he'd said, oh my God, a bad omen. How many people, they read the horoscope and they say that you're going to have a little hard time today, better stay home, oh, oh, I didn't eat my avocado today, my spine feels weak, or some reason you go to an astrologer and he tells you don't do this because uh, the auspices are bad. You don't have to worry about those things. Your real guidance and your real strength come from inside yourself. Be strong in yourself. And every time you fail, and my God, how many times we do fail, if you just sit, just say, get up. I know what I want in life. I know where I'm going. Why should I waste incarnations looking for it? I want it now. You will see that God will forgive you. Yes, you may have to be punished a little bit. Who cares? What's a few years? Life is so short. Oh, I've been beaten so many times. <laughs> I'm getting used to it. It becomes fun after a while. You know, his love is always there. He, no one can take that love away from you. I eat persecution for breakfast. Sprinkle it on my cereal. Because I know that He's there, his love, my guru's love. And another thing that I have found is that no matter how people treat you, you're not happy if you don't treat them nicely. If you suffer, I mean, if you hate them, you suffer. If you love them, then you find happiness. So people have done their best sometimes to hurt me, to destroy me. I don't let myself get bitter. Why do it? I'm still their friend, and for completely selfish reasons. I'm happier when I love people, and I'm unhappy when I don't love them. I'm happy when I forgive, and I'm unhappy when I'm bitter. And so life is taught me by hard knocks, yes. But I have learned that I'm much happier when I just love. And so whatever people do, I do love them. I don't know how not to love them. I don't know how to hate. 
because God is in everybody. And God sometimes comes to you with the smile of a friend, sometimes with the scowl of an enemy, but it's all God. Twameva mata, pita twameva. Everything is God. Everything is Brahman. When you live in that consciousness, you will see that, yes, there are ups and downs in life, but you don't have to dance with them. God bless you. Walk like a man, even though you walk alone. Why court approval once the road is known? Let come who will, but if they all turn home, the goal still awaits you. Oh